Welcome, I'm Cliff Hedges. This is Pastor Cliff's Notes. This is a podcast where we are studying the Bible. We are studying the Gospel of John. Today is episode 91, and we're looking at John chapter 4, verses 16 through 24. Jesus is speaking to the woman at the well in Samaria. Let's read the passage, John 4, 16 through 24. Go call your husband, he told her, and come back here. I don't have a husband, she answered. You've correctly said, I don't have a husband, Jesus said. For you've had five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is true. Sir, the woman replied, I see that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say that the place to worship is in Jerusalem. Jesus told her, Believe me, woman, an hour is coming when you will worship the Father neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, because salvation is from the Jews. But an hour is coming, and is now here, when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. Yes, the Father wants such people to worship Him. God is spirit, and those who worship Him must worship in spirit and in truth. Well, Jesus and His disciples have been traveling through Samaria. They stopped at a town named Sychar. The disciples went into town to buy some food. Jesus stayed at the well, and this lady comes out to draw some water at the well. Jesus asks her for water, and she's surprised that he, a man, would speak to her. Moreover, he, a Jewish man, would speak to her, a Samaritan woman. So she says, how is it that you, a Jewish man, speak to me, a Samaritan woman? And Jesus says, well, if you knew who you were actually talking to, you would ask for living water. And so they have this discussion about living water. And he says it's the kind of water when you drink from it, you never thirst again. She said, well, give me some of that. That brings us to today. She says, give me the living water. Jesus says, well, go call your husband. Then come back. She says, I don't have a husband. That's that's all she says. Now, we don't know how much more there was in this conversation. Because we do know when she goes into town, she says, he told me everything I ever did. So is that all based on little we know, or was there a lot more? There may have been a lot more. We don't know. She says, I don't have a husband. Now, is she trying to avoid the truth here, or is she just answering correctly? And Jesus says, well, you have answered correctly because you don't have a husband. Then he brings out the ugly truth. For you've had five husbands we don't know what the circumstances were. Is she a widow? Do all her husbands die? Is it an unlucky thing to marry this woman? Or has she been divorced several times? We don't really know. The implication is probably divorced because the focus is on her sin, but we can't say for sure. What we do know is she has had five husbands And the man that she now has is not her husband. She is a sinner. And Jesus brings it out. Well, she knows there's something special about this guy because he knows stuff. So she says, I see that you are a prophet. Now, is she truly impressed that this man knows things? That he has this uh, knowledge that he shouldn't have? Or is she trying to change the subject? We don't know. But she says, uh, I I see that you're a prophet. And then she starts to talk, well, let's talk religion. 
Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, but you Jews say the place to worship is in Jerusalem. A couple of possibilities here. One is she's trying to shift the subject away from her own life. He, he knows things about her personally that she'd rather not discuss. So let's, uh, let's talk about something controversial, like are you supposed to worship in Jerusalem or here at Mount Gerizon? Or is she truly interested? This is something that's been debated. This is something that people are always talking about. What is the correct place to worship? And here she has the subject matter expert. I'll ask him. So, Mr. Prophet, tell me, what is the proper place to worship? We do know that talked earlier about the Jewish temple was in Jerusalem, and that was a place you went for worship in Samaria. They had established their own temple on Mount Gerizim, and they felt that was the correct place. And they looked to Deuteronomy. In Deuteronomy 27, when the Israelites were entering into the Promised Land, they crossed the Jordan and were about to occupy the Promised Land. Starting in Deuteronomy 27, verse 4, it says, When you have crossed the Jordan, you're to set up these stones on Mount Ebal, as I'm commanding you today, and you're to cover them with plaster and build an altar of stones to the Lord your God. Then they're told later that uh, some of the tribes are to go on Mount Gerizim and pronounce blessings. The other tribes are to go on Mount Ebal and pronounce curses. And these are two mountains uh, basically facing each other with the town of Sychar in between them. And, and so they're to have these blessings pronounced on Mount Gerizim, curses pronounced on Mount Ebal. Now back in verse 4, it said, or verse 5, it said, built an altar there on Mount Ebal. The uh, Samaritan copy of Deuteronomy says Mount Gerizim instead of Mount Ebal. So that's why they are convinced that the correct place of worship is Mount Gerizim. When Moses led the people to, to the Promised Land and sent them across the Jordan to occupy, they said, set up an altar there and worship God there. So they say this is the correct place to worship. You guys, you Jews, you say it's down in Jerusalem. Now Jesus responds here. He didn't say, well, it doesn't matter where you worship as long as you worship with a good heart. He says, you Samaritans worship what you do not know. Now what's he mean here? They worship God. Yeah, but they do it incorrectly. Why? Because they are ignoring significant parts of the word of God. They believe that only the, uh, the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, is the inspired Word of God. Everything else is not. And so they are ignoring significant parts of the Word of God. So they are worshiping wrong. And, and notice Jesus doesn't say, as long as you've got a good heart. He says, no, you're doing it wrong. Then he contrasts that. We... Worship what we do know, because salvation is from the Jews. The, the Bible presents the Messiah is coming from the Jews, and that's where salvation's coming from, but also are using the whole word of God, all of it. But back to your question, which is the right place to worship, Mount Gerizim or Jerusalem? He's saying that's not the issue. Verse 23, an hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. 
Yes, the Father wants such people to worship him. And he goes on to say, God is spirit, and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. He says the, the hour is coming and is now here. He is here now. Things are changing as of now. Jesus is on the scene. Jesus is in, active in his ministry, and it won't be too much longer before he's executed, and everything's going to change. Also, looking ahead, he knows that in a generation, basically, the temple in Jerusalem will be destroyed. Everything will be different then. And the point isn't where you worship. The point isn't your tribal identity. The point is God. What is God doing? What has God done? And how do we know God? The issue is worshiping in spirit and in truth. He's already addressed the truth a little bit in that you Samaritans don't know what you're doing because you're ignoring the word of God. Truth is important. You've got to know who you are worshiping. It's not enough just to worship sincerely. You've got to worship the correct God. You have to worship based on his revelation to us. So the word of God is incredibly important in worship. But spirit, what does he mean here? Does he mean the Holy Spirit? Probably not. It's possible, but probably not. He's probably just talking about the essence of our spirit. Um, more of a heartfelt worship, connecting at a spiritual level. Often we, we, we fall into error here of uh, ignoring both spirit and truth. John Piper has a, a good thought here. He says, Truth without emotion produces dead orthodoxy and a church full of artificial admirers. On the other hand, emotion without truth produces empty frenzy and cultivates shallow people who refuse the, the disciple of rigorous thought. But true worship comes from people who are deeply emotional and who love deep and sound doctrine. Strong affections for God rooted in truth are the bone and marrow of biblical worship. So it's important to be in truth. We've got to be sound doctrinally. We've got to be biblical. But we've also got to love God and respond to God with love and emotion and uh, celebration. It's error to neglect either just raw emotion and exciting worship, but without truth leads to a lot of error. But just raw truth with no emotion leads to an intellectual exercise. There's no actual love and, and devotion, celebration uh, about what it means to follow God. And so it's not a matter of doing worship right, of which temple do you go to, which church do you go to. The question is, are we worshiping in spirit and in truth? Well, thanks for joining me. Join me again next time as we continue working through the Gospel of John.